Dude, I was down at Vecchio's, dude. <laughs> Saw Jem. His working on my uh, derailleur. This is not a Taylor Finney impersonation. Just so you know, I've been doing Boulder Dude for a long time. I am marrying a Boulder, a Colorado Boulder girl, Anna, who's here, is a buff. She went here. She's, I've had, she's had to live with me being Boulder Dude for a decade. Dude, you know, flat earth. Do you rock climb, JB? Dude, let's go do some repeats up in car, dude. <laughs> Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, all fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. And best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code STAGES for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Check them out at www.seatgeek.com. The Stages podcast talking about Stage 9. This might be a long podcast because... There is a lot to talk about, JB. It might take you a while to cool down because I know you're going to get not, all lathered up again. I'm not... I, I, I'm I'm torn actually because I I I I didn't. Uh, well, what happened is pretty much exactly what I thought would happen. So I'm sort of uh, you know as as in a weird way I'm like okay of course that happened. Let but, me re let me refresh people's memory. You as you were previewing the stage yesterday, you were bothered to say the least about a couple of things. Mm -hmm. One, the fact that they had this great summit. Uh, horse category climb at the end, and then a downhill bomb, and then it levels out for a sprint. Right. That bothered you, but then you predicted that okay, we got some potential wet weather. We saw that, and you know you've got these all these guys just duking it out on the downhill, leading to a crash and yep. taking some people out. Well, I think I think the um, the the problem with having a very hard climb, which is a good thing, and then having a downhill and then a flat run in for, to the finish is it just neutralizes the climb. Now, having said that, uh, it turns out the Montechat, there's no way you could have had a finish on top. There was all kinds of drama on the way up. You had what uh, appeared to be Chris Froome having a, having a, a mechanical, putting his hand up. Mm -hmm. uh, Fabio Aru literally attacking right underneath his armpit. It was interesting to watch the debate if you just break down that moment, the debate on TV in 2017 versus 2007 versus 97 versus 87, the etiquette in the group, what people think or thought about that. Interesting that on TV, everybody, all the pundits were like, oh, yeah, you should do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm watching that going, I don't know if I'd go right under his armpit, but, uh, uh, you know, it didn't, obviously, it didn't, it didn't work out for them. And then the nature of the sport, as volatile as it is, look who was Chris Froome's teammate coming into the finish. I mean, it, which that we got to get into because it was 
to me, I have no, I, I, I just cannot understand what Astana was thinking, pulling the defending champion, the favorite, and the yellow jersey to the finish line. And guess what? Give him a little time bonus at the end. Okay, let's let's back up because we're going to end up with how it, how it ended. Let's back up. Things really started shaking up with the Aru attack. So let's talk about the etiquette a bit. I'd, I would, JB, let me just go back even farther. This, and I was, okay. and I'm just going to fully confess, uh, I was asleep when this happened. I got run over by Bobby Stuckey and everybody at Frosca last night, <laughs> um, which thank you to them. But when I got up and caught up with everything through a bunch of live feeds and through Twitter, this race really started on the downhill of the, the cold of Fisch or Bisch or when AG2R attacks on the downhill. So that's, to me, that sends a couple of messages. Obviously, and if, for those of you who don't know, this is their home terrain. The team is based in this area. I don't know if the sponsor's from there, but the team is based there. They know the climbs. They know the descents. They know every corner. Super rare for a team to, uh, to attack on a downhill. Not to say that that's uh, cool or not cool, but it happened. I think the, the, the highlight of that, for me, is that Chris Froome loses one of his most valuable teammates on that descent, trying mm -hmm. to follow that attack when Garrett Thomas crashes out of the Tour de France with a, with a broken collarbone, it looks like. So you have that, which really, I think, kicked off the race um, for the GC guys. And then you get um, onto you know, the, the coldest shot, which you know a climb that I've never done. They just did in the Dauphiné Libre, 8K at 10%. Let's expound on that for us a little bit having a home climb and descent like i mean huge, that's you just know it like the back of your hand how much does that come into play well it comes into it it does come into play but it shouldn't come into play if you're a gc rider in any big race uh certainly the tour de france you should have been there if if, if you have a, a climb that's that that critical and a downhill that's that critical you should have been there you should have done those three or four times, so you should know them. And when you when you do them, you don't just do them and like talk to your buddies and hey, let's go. You need to you need to really do them and pay attention and know them as if it's your home course. Because Roman Bardet knows that downhill clearly. Mm -hmm. AG2R knew the downhill, but uh, you know all the other guys. Uh, not to say that that and we'll get to Richie Port, but not to say he didn't know the downhill. But uh, you know clearly his day changed. All right, so. Let's go to the Aru attack then, because I'm just I, everybody. A lot of people love good etiquette in cycling, yep. and if you breach that, if you do something that's just not cool, yep. the whole peloton's going to chew your ass. And that may it may not have been as vocal as an ass chewing that Aru got, but clearly when he attacked, when Froome mm -hmm. had a mechanical, everybody sort of reacts and a bunch went with him but then once they realize what just happened he got a talking to did he not well yeah and 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 um i mean i think it's funny to watch it on tv because you can see uh, obviously you saw dan martin not only come beside him and, and and hand gestures and hey what are you doing you know richie port was on the wheel and, and probably you know refused to pull through because he didn't think that that was a proper move but I, I just think it's interesting how we're watching the, the, you know, watching the opinion change a little bit. Uh, you can't argue that after that, after they set up and after it came back, you can't argue that it was boring. I mean, it was boring. Mm -hmm. it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a controlled tempo on the climb. Now, that can be a couple things. That can be the fact that Team Sky was setting a tempo that was just 
that was just fast enough to, to, you know, to dissuade somebody from attacking. Or you could argue that the course they picked w didn't encourage anybody to attack because you knew you had a downhill and then you had 15 kilometers of flat. I mean, to I wouldn't reel it back, which they did. Yeah, which they, of course they did. Let's talk about Froome a little bit because, <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's he, hard to watch. He is hard I, to watch. I can't he, lie. He looks I'm like. I'm sure he's good and strong, <laughs> and I don't know what he's looking at when he looks down. <laughs> Man, it's hard to watch. He looks like he's suffering. Yeah, and, and it and then. But he, I don't think he's. I no, don't think he's suffering. And as a couple people were testing him and going off the the front in front of him a little bit, a little bit of gaps, he has this slow grind back. So you think, oh man, he's suffering. He's suffering, and he looks kind of sloppy in a way, right? right? He doesn't look like he's just full of it. And then as they progressed up the climb. Then he put the hammer down. Yep. He's like, I'm going to control this pace. It's well, amazing. You know what? I, and, I, and I saw a tweet this morning from Michael Rasmussen that actually had a photo of his, his gearing. And this, to me, uh, this blew me away. So I know that the, 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 the Montechat or the Coldechat is steep. Chris Froome, the, the, the favorite and the yellow jersey and the defending champion of Tour de France, his gearing, 38 in the front, 32 in the back. That's like mountain bike gearing. I mean, and think about if you'd have rolled up with 38, 32 in 1974, the last time they did this in the Tour de France, they'd have laughed you right out of the peloton. 30, look, at, look at these old bikes in here. They, they roll up with 53, 39 and straight blocks in the back. They couldn't have seemingly gotten over that climb. And you saw him. He used every bit of 38, 32, which is, is the, you know, the, for the, the layperson at home. That is a very, very small gear. By the way, you mentioned it on the Facebook live feed, but we are at this incredibly cool uh, bike shop, Vecchio's in Boulder. Do you guys even have a cog here, a road cog that goes to 32? I mean, my gosh, let's see what that looks like. I mean, that's JB. That, <laughs> no, that's what like fat, slow, old men like you and I ride. That's that, a lot of gears. That's not what the the. Do you think he jersey. ever even used that? It didn't look like it, it Froome was spinning that fast. Oh, I, I think he you did. Think I he think he was absolutely. If it's eleven percent and you want to stay in the saddle, he absolutely used that gear. All right, we learned a phrase today. Uh, watching the coverage from Jens, uh, the proper way to say uh, to be a sportsman is square and fair. We yeah. learned that from Yen's Voigt right. today. And, Not and, fair and square. And as, and as hard as it is for me to listen <laughs> to Yen's Voigt, I got to say, I do not know how to say fair and square in German, so I, we almost should stop right there. <laughs> but, yeah, that was he didn't think it was square and fair what Fabio Aru did. <laughs> Let's talk about some, some of the tactics have been throwing you off. Uh, you mentioned Astana doing some pulling towards the end. BMC bothered you yesterday. What's got you confused? And some of your friends, too. You know, Hinkapi was, was texting you. Or, well, we'll, or, I think there's, those are two separate mm -hmm. issues. The, 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 the tactics of Team BMC yesterday, I didn't understand. And, you know, fast forward to today. Um, wow. That, that's what... There it is. That's a 32? <laughs> I mean, that's like a small pizza down at Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's what the yellow jersey was riding. That's unbelievable. I mean, that just shows you this. This is a different sport. This is a different sport. And I, you, I, I you think kinda, it's great. You kind of glossed over it a minute ago. Uh, a minute ago, you, you you said back in the day, their egos wouldn't have let them show up. You with couldn't that you, gearing. You couldn't have showed up with that gearing. 
It was it, you were too much. The straight block was too macho. Just the, the, in the when I say straight block, I mean, you know, well back then they had five gears, but it would have you know single uh, single digit jumps from cog to cog. So, but I want to get back to BMC because I didn't understand what they did yesterday. I think a lot of people questioned uh, Nicholas Roach, who is arguably the the go to guy for Richie Port in the mountains. You saw today he was he was. You know, he was dead to the world. I mean, he, he had nothing. And so, again, fast forward to the end of the stage, it does not matter now. Mm-hmm. But you have to go back and wonder. And I was, at the time, I went down to get coffee down at the hotel. So I was listening to the Australian feed. Uh, and Robbie McEwen brought up a good point. He said, it's either stupid tactics, which it looked to be, or uh, you just have a rider that's kind of on his own program, which is, that's not, that's not good. Meaning, Port, I mean, Port's fine was fine going so Of course, I mean Roach. Port, Roach just sort of is on his own, his own program. I don't think I've known him a long time. I, I think he's more professional that than that. So I then goes to what they were trying to do, which didn't didn't work and okay. it wasn't going to work. Before we get to how it shake, shook out in the flats uh, at the end, let's talk about Port going down. Like yep. you called this, you knew this was going to happen to somebody. Mm. Um, that crazy descent after doing a very, very steep climb, there were parts of the pavement that were still wet. The rain had stopped, but I mean, it was like dry, wet, dry, right. wet pavement all you need the way a, down. You, on a, on a, you know, on a road and a descent like that, you need a full day really. Cause, uh, it's just covered enough and just dark enough in there and moist enough that it won't dry up. And I, I, the moisture didn't cause his crash, how he got on the inside for those who didn't watch these guys are going, they're going down a very narrow, steep downhill, 50 miles an hour. And so twisty, turny, twisty, turny. And how he got on the inside was just a, 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 either an overcorrection or he just got a bad line. But then that just sent him straight across the road, uh, literally into the wall. And it happened so fast, you, could, you couldn't exactly see, but he, he hit it hard and... The, the, the person who ends up with the worst luck is Dan Martin, mm-hmm. who's on his wheel. No way to save that crash. So Dan Martin hits the ground. Meanwhile, all the other favorites are going 50 down the road. You're done. I mean, your, your day is you never get back. Yeah, by the way, if you didn't see it, Martin was able to get back up, get back into the race, but, you know, lost touch with that, that group. Yep. Have I mentioned that, that, that this was a really stupid uh, stage today, <laughs> that just the route Break it down. I just, I don't, I just don't, I think for a day that everybody called the queen stage of the tour, I, 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 I totally just, dis- I think it's, uh, to neutralize an epic climb like that, and then to throw in a dangerous downhill, and it wasn't even raining, and then the run into town, ta- I just, I completely disagree. That's not the queen stage. The queen stage is the Mont Ventoux. The queen stage is Alpe de Wet. This, that's not the queen stage. Let's talk about the crazy downhill. Um, you know, is, are there any riders in the Peloton who see that finish and go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a great descender. This is my day. Of course. So, I mean, or, you know, what I can't figure out is, is why did, would, would the uh, course planners, directors put this sort of descent in after the climb? Because it's, it kind of takes the, it takes the bike racing and turns it into a bit of an X Games element, right? I, d- I added a fifth element yesterday, and that was MotoGP, and you saw it. Mm-hmm. We saw MotoGP. If you're going, these guys on, on, you know, 
23 or 25 millimeter tires going 50 miles an hour, that's MotoGP. And Roman Bardet, who, clearly one of the best descenders in the peloton, took advantage of that, did get away, didn't last. But um, uh, I, I just think it's the, the possibility for them to come into Chambéry, which was the finish town. Outside of Chambéry, there, there are 30 great climbs that they could go finish on top of that mm -hmm. could accommodate the Tour de France. I, I just I I disagree with with that type of finish and and look yet again because of that um, the the tour loses one of the big names so now we've lost we we already know the names we've lost now yet you know Richie Port out of the race describe what that's like on a crazy descent like that you know I mean I've gone 60 miles an hour on a bike but I guarantee you it was a very straight wide smooth road right you never went 60 <laughs> I did go 60 and it was terrifying yeah. But it was straight. And so we saw Froome move to the front. Do you, do you want to be in the front on that descent? Or is, is that him controlling it? Or is it the line of sight? Uh, part of me thinks you may want to see a rider in front of you taking a turn. You but might. I, I would prefer to be at the front. Uh, clearly, as, as I just touched on, Dan Martin would have liked to have been at the front. It just you just never know when something like that happens and, and, and you can't save that. If that happens in front of you, just pick your landing spot. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to save it. And so that, that, um, yeah, you want to, you don't necessarily, if I'm Chris Froome and it's Roman Bardet's home turf, I follow that wheel or I try to follow that wheel. Look mm -hmm. at the end of the descent. They couldn't follow it. He got away. He got 20 seconds. Okay. So they had the hairy descent port gets taken out. He's done. Uh, hopefully he's okay. It, he seemed pretty responsive and was talking, which is a good sign. But then they get to the bottom, and they're reeling everybody back, and it's going to be a sprint finish. Yep. And you were incredibly frustrated watching so many riders in that group working. Look, I, I think it's – I think it's it, part of it makes me laugh, a little bit chuckle, and part mm -hmm. of it I, I just scratch my head. And sure enough, as it's going down, my phone starts – lighting up with text messages from George Hincapie going, what is Astana doing? So, but reverse this a little bit, 30 minutes or 45 minutes before that, we're all watching this bike race going, oh my God, Chris Froome has a mechanical, Fabio Aru attacks him when he has his hand up, you know, which everybody's hating on everybody. 45 minutes later, oh, forget all that. It's all good. It's all forgotten. They're, they're actually riding for him. So, while I'm sure Chris Froome was, was cussing up a storm when, they, when Aru made that move, lo and behold, in the last 10K, he's got two teammates, and they're not even wearing his jersey. They're wearing Astana jerseys. Mm -hmm. I can't for the life of me figure out what they were thinking. I mean, it, it seems like it was Froome's to chase down, right, towards the end. Buddy, and, and they could have all just sat there and stayed fresh. Who cares about Roman Bardet? Right. Let him go. Let him get 10 seconds. You know, let Chris Froome control. He's the yellow jersey. He's the favorite. He's the defending champ. I just sit on and go, hey, bud, you're, str you're the strongest. Go for it. I mean, and if, and if you do pull through, they are little micro pulls. I mean, these are little. They're but fake. that wasn't happening. They no, were no. working. Those are little Thomas Vuckler fake pulls. <laughs> I mean, th these are. Um, but no, they had Jacob Fugel's song. As, as, you, as you watched it unfold, it was as if they were sure that Aru was going to win the sprint and get the time bonus. Mm -hmm. And that, it, the exact opposite of that happened. They pulled back Bardet. They didn't win the stage. And 
Froome gets a time bonus. It's it's it's. it's I don't know. I don't we, get it. We packed up and, and left the hotel as quickly as we could to get over here to uh, Vecchio's in Boulder. And w did we get a determination on that photo finish? No, Rigoberto Uran won the Colombian, won the stage from Cannondale Draypack. And for those of you who watched it at home, I think there's a couple of interesting things that happened when he had the mechanical. His, his, something happened with his gearing. Um, the, you know, the, not that it's a secret, it's obvious you can see what happens. When, when he drops back to the neutral support car and the rest of the guys are just lined out going as hard as they can, he didn't lose any time. So the move is, is which is standard and, and uh, not that anybody crosses a line, that mechanic hangs out of the car, mm -hmm. gets literally his entire body out of the window and is behind Uran, reaching, of course, the derailleurs on the right side of the bike. So he's got to go all the way to the other side of the bike. Well, his... His torso and his shoulder and his head are actually, you know, pushing Uran a little bit. So he's adjusting the gearing. I don't know that we have a, an exact answer on what happened to the gearing and if it ultimately got fixed. But for a while, he was stuck in his biggest gear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you had corners, you had a little up and down. I wouldn't want to be stuck in a 5311. Was that neutral that support that fixed that him? That was the Mavic car that, that That's a him. lot of faith in somebody grabbing your derailleur. Oh. And reaching over you. No, I, do, I wouldn't like any of that. Jim, do, do mechanics practice fixing bikes, leaning out of a car at 30 miles an hour? Yeah, they're nuts. Okay. <laughs> they're nuts. I didn't know if that's I part wonder, of it. You think somebody's inside the back seat, like holding his legs so he doesn't, uh, so he doesn't go flying? They have to be. Out? They yeah. have to be. That was a big yeah. boy leaning out of that window fixing a bike. But it was, uh, you know, I was a little... I mean, this kid Warren Bargill, first of all, if it's true what the Bargill, what they say on TV, uh, Paul Sherwin, because he, he was in this race yesterday uh, and, and was a factor today, if, if it's true that he broke his pelvis, quote-unquote broke his pelvis at the Tour of Romandy, by the way, the Tour of Romandy was two months ago. Yeah. Dude, a broken pelvis two months ago, and, and you're at the front over on, on the hardest stage of the Tour de France, and he nearly wins? You kind of got to want to cheer for that guy. That's a heck of a story. Yeah. I've never broke a pelvis, but, you know, anybody here broke a pelvis? No. <laughs> you're no, not, you're it, not just, it, it just doesn't <laughs> sound good. Like, give me a broken, couple broken collarbones, maybe a broken finger, I'm good. But broken pelvis, and he's, and he's for two days in a row, he's, he's been uh, at the front of this bike race. So with what you saw today, um, who, who is, can contest Froome? Do you feel like anybody has a shot at – we thought – when we saw Aru attack the other day, we were like, wow, he's strong. He just looked snappier than anybody. Yeah, because it was an uphill finish. But, right. And that's so much better, isn't it? We, you get to see some dynamic – can I just say one thing, too? The next – if I was – if I had – if I was in charge of the sport, and I'm not, obviously, but – and this is – I'm getting a little bit off the subject, but if you have these true uphill finishes, which we're going to see at some point in this tour – Take off the helmets. I think we should. Uh, if you're going 10 miles an hour, take off the helmets. Because it's when already. Was, it's, when it, was the, the last year you guys were doing that? It, uh, 2003 or 2004. But it, why? But why take off the helmets? Why? I think, uh, well, take off the helmet because I just think it, it, it. And again, this is my own personal opinion. Perhaps nobody in the world shares it. But it's, it's just so. If I look, if I think back to my generation, if, 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 let me just sum this up very easily. If Marco Pantani wore an, a, a helmet and sunglasses his entire career, he would not be, have been the character that he is. Nobody would have known 
you wouldn't have known that personality, that look, that face, that that brand. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying on a downhill like we saw. By right. the way, if Richie Port doesn't have a helmet on today, yeah, he may not be alive. Right. Um, but if there's an uphill finish, figure out a way to ditch the helmets and, and let these guys develop personalities and characters and let's see their face and let's see if they're bald or let's see if they have a pony. If Laurent Fignon had a, had a helmet on on every uphill, no, but you wouldn't even know who Laurent Fignon is. So, uh, and then you see guy, a guy like Sagan in street clothes and that hair, right? And it's you, you just spot it in an instant, yeah. So, I don't know why I thought of that. I've been, I've been, I've been wanting to say that for a few I days. thought you were going to bring up more of a advantage reason, or maybe riders don't take as much risks when they're not wearing a helmet. I thought yeah. you were going to do something else, you look, just want to see their faces, yeah. If they're <laughs> going to if, if look, the person who wins the New York City Marathon, they run 12 miles an hour, they're not wearing they don't make them wear helmets, mm -hmm. they could trip. They could run into each other. Somebody mm -hmm. could run out. How do you they, feel about seatbelts? Should we get rid of those too? Um, no, <laughs> the I don't, mechanic I, clearly wasn't wearing one. <laughs> I don't think we should get rid of those. But uh, I don't know. But so, yes, yeah. You, 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 going back to your original point, I mean, you weren't going to see a finish like we saw the other day at um, the Planche de Belfi because the, the, they knew that they had so much bike racing to do. They were worried about the downhill. They knew there was a run in, even if they got. 20 seconds is even Bardet had 20 seconds, but you mm -hmm. can't hold that off if you've got four or five mm -hmm. guys behind, especially, you know, dumb tactics like Astana pulling you back. Had that been a summit finish, we would probably would have been seeing really aggressive attack, 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 attack. Yep. But then it's all for naught, right? Right. Okay. And it probably would, probably would have been Chris Froome winning. I mean, we saw he had, you know, at some point he, he had enough, right? He was like, all right, this is enough. And, and, and he went to the front. And, uh, you know, and then you had you had Quintana in trouble and dropped. Contador dropped. Even Aru swinging back there. Dan Martin swinging. So he he's the strongest guy in the bike race. Okay. So obviously Port's out of it. Um, Contador looks done. He, couple, the, no, he went more, down twice. no more bullets in the pistol. <laughs> it's, he's, he's terminado, as they say in Spain. Yeah. Look at the, I mean, look at you have Fabio Aru at 18 seconds, Roman Bardet at 51 seconds. It's easy. Rigoberto Uran, the guy who won today. Look at this. This guy hasn't done anything since, since you know, uh, since Max, my son, was born. And, and, and he's only a minute back. It's easy to look at this and go, oh, the, the, the tour, this tour is not over. It's the Tour de France. The third week is always tricky for people. It's complicated. Throw in a couple rest days. We haven't even had a rest day yet. The uh, rest day, which we're going to see tomorrow, is one of the trickiest things to navigate yeah, let's in talk the Tour about de France. That. I want to I want to dig into that. What's what's a rest day like for these guys? I know they get out and ride. Yep. You know, there's nothing worse than not spinning your legs on a day like that. So yep. what 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 will they do on a rest day? Well, the interesting thing is they have to fly to the other side of the country. Right? So we're we're now in the Alps basically or we are in the Alps. They got to get all the way over towards the western part of the country. I I should know this, but I don't know. I don't know if they fly tonight or if they fly tomorrow morning. It's an interesting question. If I were a rider, I'd rather just suck it up and fly tonight. Just get there, have dinner, and then have an entire day to, to use as, a, as really as a rest day. Even if I had to skip massage, skip any kind of recovery, I'd rather just get there. So uh, I don't know if they fly tonight or tomorrow. Let's assume they fly tonight. Tomorrow is um, you definitely – well. Actually, there's two schools of thought. You could have the school of thought where either we're going to take it very easy, almost do nothing, or a very short, easy ride, or you go out and ride hard. I was always of the belief 
for every two, my teammates absolutely hated me on a rest day. <laughs> I hammered their ass so hard. I went and found hills. Why? Because I, 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 the bo- a body at rest stays at rest. If you, your body, their body's in the mode of the Tour de France. Is it like a muscle memory thing? Yeah, I just think you got or a not mindset that you, thing. Not that you have to do five hours, but we're going to do two hours, and it's not going to be easy. And they hated me for it, but I, I well, whatever. <laughs> I thought it worked. This is a dumb question. Do all of them fly on the same plane? Yeah. So you're in street clothes with your yeah. opponents. Yeah. On a plane. On a, they have two planes. At least in the day they had two planes. Do they so serve they, cocktails? Uh, the, the, they, no, I never, they, they <laughs> ser- no, no. And that's a short flight. I mean, they got to just hop across. It'll be a 45-minute flight. But everybody, uh, you know, the ASO, the, the owner of the tour, they control. They hand you your uh so what's that like? Pass? What's that like when you're, you're you're sitting there on a plane? Do you just socialize with? Are people just exhausted? It's late. You just crash on a plane. Are you talking tactics? Are you are you talking to other teams and making deals? No, nothing. No, they, no, they're all they're it's all just no. tight lipped. Yeah, it's it's uh, everybody sticks. I would I suspect everybody sticks to themselves, listens to music, maybe read something. It's 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 take it's, your mind off of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I, that, that, you know, the, the thing about the rest day, this one's interesting because we go straight into what, what most of these guys are going to consider to be easy days. So that's easier for them. A lot of times you'll have a rest day and followed up by a very difficult day. I mean, the, the worst scenario you could ever ask for is a rest day followed up by a short, hard day. So that's the, those are the stages where, you know, and we'll get into it when we talk about rest day number two, but you, you have to stay sharp on the rest day. And you see it all. That You see guys come out of, and as much as I love this kid, he cannot navigate the rest day. TJ Van Garder, and I talk to him all the time, like, dude, what are you doing on the rest days? You completely suck the day after. Like you, what, and it's just, it's a, it's a it's, there's a real science to it. And, and you got to, obviously, you got to work, you know, work different, um, work with different ideas, but it, it, you got to navigate the rest day. Okay. Uh, again, I'm going to come back to it. I mean, do you have your eye on anybody else as being able to you know, tackle Froome at this point? Or does he just really have this race under control? He, to- he definitely has the race under control. He has, he has the best team. I mean, is he going to have to crack one day for yeah. this to change? Oh, yeah. they got to wait for him to make a mistake. Or force a mistake. Or, or, <laughs> he, or he cracks. Or, you know, this is... Uh, I mean, we've seen it. This 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 sport is anything can happen at any time. I mean, not that you uh, would would wish a, a, a poorly timed flat tire or a crash on anybody, but that can happen. That, and, th- and when that happens, then you know clearly now this sport or people seem to excuse uh, others taking advantage of people's bad luck. But um, now it's it's his bike race to lose, and and you know he looks good. I actually doesn't. He, he, truth be told, he doesn't look good. He doesn't. It's not pretty, it's but not, he gets it done. And I'm not like when he did the bike change. Like whose bike is he on? Like is mm-hmm. he on Henial's bike? Like his seat's too low, and it's crazy that 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 works. And I, I hey, more power to him. Okay, uh, you know, do you want to tackle some comments? Just do it. All right, let me do that. Well, real you do quick. that every day, so I know that was great. It is good. I, I loved the, uh, if you haven't heard yesterday's podcast, uh, anybody, go back and listen to Stage 8. There's a great, great story about Jan Ulrich and etiquette, and that, that came into play today. You know, just 
etiquette in the sport, and I think that's what so many people love about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, really good story that you haven't heard. Download that uh, Stage 8 podcast. It's so worth it. Um, Heather writes, the Stages podcast with Lance Armstrong is fantastic. Stage 8 discussion about cramping and stabbing a leg <laughs> was very enjoyable. Oh, I thought she was going to call BS on it. <laughs> no. Uh, Michael writes, hey, Lance, uh, when are you coming back to the Czech Republic? When were you there last? I think I was in Prague once for a, a post-tour criterion. This is a cool thing to talk about. So these guys who win these, who win the tour, they, they, they have what they call criteriums. They look like real bike races. They feel and sound and smell like real bike races. They're not real bike races. Okay. No, they're more exhibitions. So I did a, I did a, a, a post-tour crit in Prague. Jeez. 2005, I think. But they're very, very popular in Belgium and Holland. Uh, whoever wins the tour, whoever wins the polka dot jersey, whoever wins the green jersey, you actually wear that jersey. I mean, the tour is long done and long over and long gone. You actually wear that jersey in these, in these post-race crits, and they, they, they wall off the city, and they charge people to come into the city and watch the thing. Riders get paid a little bit of money, but it's, it's, a, it's a huge part of their late. They're, they start at 10 or 11 at night. It's the, more of an exhibition kind of thing. It's a show. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's well, a but show. If you're there, it's like a little like wrestling. Okay. Like WWE. Really? Not like Olympic wrestling. <laughs> Not like Roman Greco wrestling or what it was called. Okay. It's, it's a little like The Rock versus, uh, you know, Nature Boy Ric Flair. Okay. Maybe you'll know the answer to this. You may not. But the, any of you who have been watching the tour, uh, someone wrote in and asked, what's with all the human clocks on the sides of the road? That's a, that's the new trend. That's the you know. Let's find a field. Let's uh, let's lay out some hay bales for the for the hours of the day, and it's it's you know got them on TV. Okay. <laughs> Anything to get on TV, right? Anything. Uh, on that note, you know, we saw some more course interference, which you can't help but talk about. That was a narrow, narrow road. It was already a narrow road. And then you see all the campers lined up on one side. You yeah. see people laying on the street to get yeah. the photo. And what's with the smoke bombs? Yeah, that, that's, that's just it, that's just part of it. And and I, I think when you're in the race, uh, at least based on my recollection, you don't worry. You, those people, about 99.9% of the time, they get out of the way. You do see times where uh, they don't get out of the way. And it's not unheard of. Let's not forget Eddie Merckx was once famously punched in the ribs by a by – a, uh, a fan of another rider and, and ended his tour. So you can, I mean, they have that access. Mm-hmm. If they want to get there and do that, they could, they could do pretty much whatever they want. Uh, but that's, you know, the worst scenario you have is they, they boo or they hiss or they throw water on you or even throw other things on you. Mm-hmm. Say wow. mean things. Unbelievable. You're, yeah. pr- you're probably, I mean, the riders are so in a zone and focused. It's almost got to be like tunnel vision. Yeah. Going I was impressed. I, I will say as much as I didn't dig the route today, the, the crowds on the, on the, uh, the final climb were, uh, were thick. That's good to see for cycling. David King writes, uh, Lance, loving the podcast. Who are you seeing as up-and-coming American riders? Anybody to watch for? Um, Anybody you've run into? passing through austin or anything well we have i tell you what nate brown has been right he's 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 already on the scene but he's having a great tour uh i've talked about this a lot i think the kids on axel Merckx's development team uh, called action spelled a-x-e-o-n uh, are great kids this this uh young kid adrian costa who's actually uh, one of his parents is french one of them is american 
uh, is an amazing town. Uh, there's this other kid, I'll probably butcher his for it, is either Nelson or Nielsen uh, Prowlis, uh, big talent. So the, he's developing, uh, in my opinion, you know, the best, uh, best up-and-coming talent. Very good, very good. Let's uh, let people know about the store. They're digging it. Yep. Uh, if you go to We Do Shop, W-E-D-U Shop, you can pick up some of the new gear. And uh, stagespodcast.com, if you want to send anyone the URL, the RSS feed, to be getting the podcast. Go back and listen to some of the things that, that you're really, really passionate about. I think stage three, five, yesterday was a great one yep. where you're really teeing off on some stuff. And I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> in, a, in a good way. I hope you're, it's sh- you're shedding some light on it. Stuff that the the average viewer that we watch, it's stuff that we don't understand that's even going on. Yeah, yeah, like the rest day. I mean, I think it's that's how you get the rest. I mean, it's just little little insights like that. That would you that, rather not have a rest day? I'd rather not. I'd rather not have a rest day. Really? I'd rather not. What about? now doing a podcast are you looking forward to a rest I'm, day you know what I, this 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 podcast has really affected my life and and i'm ready for it to be done i'm loving it and we're having fun but i'm a morning person and it, and and i like to ride i like to get up early and have my coffee and do all this and, and be on the bike by you know by it, it, the fact that i have to go at 11 o'clock it's like i just can't i'm just blocked from doing that and then we're here in boulder today it's going to be like 2 million degrees. I'm just going to go like lay around the pool or something. <laughs> well, thanks for everybody what for coming. What about the room? Maybe the room has a question or two. Should we throw do it? Do you want to try that? Let's do it. Well, you'll have to repeat it because no, no, they no. can't. Right, right. Well, they can come. If anyone has a question, I'll let you make pick. your way towards me. Just come over here to the side of the cashier here at Vecchio's in Boulder. A shop definitely worth checking out. I'm, come on over here. I'm going to swing this mic over. What's your name? <laughs> Kelvin, Kelvin from ahead. Holland. Hi, Islands. Hi, man. Uh, I just found out that Demar got out of time today. So uh, this was okay. You're you're my hero. I love Holland. I love you're you my hero as well. So oh, that's thank cool. you. Yeah. So this is a big story. <coughs> this is a bit. We we talked about this yesterday. I said the way this stage starts immediately going uphill. I said yesterday, not, and I this I don't want to seem like I'm patting myself on the back all the time. I said Andre Demar is going to be dropped immediately. Now. I speculated on how he survived yesterday. The fact that he missed it, was he the only one who missed the time cut? No, like three others. Three yeah. others. So, so here you have the big French sprinter, a contender for the green jersey, out of the race. I mean, to me, if I look at that profile, there's no way he survives this stage. And, you know, Donko Vell for, uh, for coming up here and confirming yeah. my prediction. Because at the same time, we saw Matthews like being – Sagan-like, eh? getting yep. in the breakaway, yep. getting the points for the green jersey. Yep. Do you think he will grab it now, or is it just Kittle? I think there's enough flat stages to, and keep in mind, winning a stage is so much more valuable than the intermediate sprints. And even to back in the day, and I, I just learned this as I started to dig back into cycling, but there's only one intermediate sprint every day. Back in the day, you'd have two or three. And so if you can just skip the intermediate sprints, Put all your, you know, your eggs in the basket of trying to win stages. You, I think you get enough, all the way to Paris, by the way. I think you get enough points to, to easily win it. But that's, that is huge news. That's huge news. Wow. Thanks, thanks. for, thanks Very for good. sharing this that. This guy did a good job. Yeah. See? He could be our color man in the field. Come on up here. What's your name? Rolo. Rolo, what's your question? Uh, my question is, you mentioned that Ostana uh, should not have pulled at the end. Uh, do you think that 
they were thinking that Aru should be protecting his second place finish because if they did not chase and Bardet got ahead and won by 30 seconds plus got the 10 second bonus, sure. then they would he potentially be in first or second. Right. They they were riding like Fabio Aru can win the Tour de France. That's the way they were riding. And but I, I just I don't think they needed to do that, and it came back to bite them. I, I think even let Bardet get some. You have to. It's a delicate balance. You have to take some chances, take some risks. Let him let him get 20 seconds. Put pressure on Chris Froome. It's his bike race to lose. Let him pull. And if you're gonna pull, buddy, do some fake pulls. Like oh, I'm, I'm on the limit, man. I'm sorry, I can't pull. Get off the front. Make him work. He was sitting there going. I love the Kazakhs. Look at them working for me. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> and then and then and then the the time bonus. Very good. Make your way over here. Make your way over here if you have a question. As an amateur racer, there are many many ways to get off the front. Drop water bottle. I'll give you some of my favorites. Drop water bottle. Foot coming out of the clips yeah. is a good one. Fake a cramp. Fake cramp. Fake. A, oh, I'm sorry, but I'm cramping. Turn your head and, and pretend to be counting riders yeah. like someone got dropped. That's, yeah. These are all great ways to get off the front Listen, if you need them. You got to act a little bit. I mean, this is, this is uh, I've, well, you guys know that I've acted plenty in my day, but um, you got to fake it. Fake it a little bit. Fake your hurting so you can be on the front. What's your name? Uh, Jack Ross. Uh, Lance, just uh, talking about rest days and recovery. Um, walk us through how much your body's actually changing from day one that first rest day the second rest day and then at the end you know is it are you feeling strong or is it just decomposing or uh well first of all you're losing weight you definitely like, like how much uh a guy like well it depends i mean some people come in on the heavy side and they know they can lose weight so they'll lose more a guy like chris Froome pr comes in as, as skinny as he possibly can be he's still you can't do that sport in that bike race without losing weight um but yeah you're you're tired especially after the yeah, yesterday was a very, very difficult day, um, and today, obviously, a very difficult day. So they, they're, they are physically tired. Thanks. Very good. Yeah. Anyone else? You guys are good. This is great. You go to another city, uh, they'd be asking you if you've ever met a Kardashian. These Boulder people <laughs> are act asking very, very Ted technical Boulder, questions. Dude, <laughs> dude, I was down at Vecchia's, dude. <laughs> Saw Jem. <laughs> His working on my uh, derailleur. This is not a Taylor Finney impersonation. Just so you know, I've been doing Boulder Dude for a long time. I am marrying a Boulder, a Colorado Boulder girl, Anna, who's here, is a buff. She went here. She's, I've had, she's had to live with me being Boulder Dude for a decade. Ted, you know, flatter. Do you rock climb, JB? <laughs> Dad, let's go do some repeats up in car, dude. <laughs> Speaking of rest day, uh, Mike and Jim were very kind to open up the shop for us. Uh, on their rest day. On their rest day. <laughs> really cool, guys. Uh, worth checking out online. I love these tees behind you with the, with the car and the bike on the roof. Uh, and the bumper stickers. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very vocal bumper stickers that yeah. every cyclist should have. Check yeah. out their online yeah, store. Jim, Jim, thank you. Good dudes. All right. Uh, we'll be back with new coverage on Tuesday yep. from Austin. From Austin, Texas. If you want to ever do a complicated project, connect with Lance Armstrong. <laughs> I was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast with no, me? No, sure. my life, JB, is so simple you wouldn't <laughs> believe it. It's just clean and efficient. Let me, let me give people an idea. 
yeah, do you want to do this podcast? Sure, let's do it. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be in Aspen. Oh, by the way, in about the middle of it, we need to come back to Austin. <laughs> oh, by the way, we're going to go see the Avett Brothers. <laughs> we are going to go see the Avett Brothers tonight. I Who can't wait. you had on your forward podcast, yes. which is definitely worth checking yes. out. Yes, yes. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you, what, in 48 hours. Yeah.